One champion gets attacked brutally from behind. Another champion loses the belt. And now we have a new All Elite Wrestling Heavyweight Champion. What's up, everybody? How you doing out there in the internet wrestling community land? It is me. It is me. The big old Stevie C. Steve Castellanovo here bringing you the Heel and Face podcast, a podcast dedicated to news, information, and commentary on the world of professional wrestling brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. And let me say, um, it feels good to not have to report anything but just news this week. It feels really good that I don't have to uh, you know, depress everybody, bum everybody out with uh, with what's going on uh, in the news section. I'll save that to last. I'll just, I hate doing it because you never end on a negative, but, you know, I'm just going to end on a negative this week by talking about a reoccurring thing that just won't go away, and it looks like it's going to be here like COVID for a very long time. So glad that you joined me today on this November week, a week before Survivor Series, um, a pay-per-view that used to be, in my mind, one of the big one of the big four, obviously, but one of my personal favorites, just because I was always a mark for the uh, the, the format and then you get into uh, the fact that it's really close to the holidays and it got me in the mood when I was younger, but not anymore because it just seems like it's just another average everyday pay-per-view. And with all the cuts in the WWE, which we will refer to later in the program, uh, who's even on the teams anymore? There's already been like two shakeups on teams as it were and to be honest, I don't know if you are. I'm certainly not excited about it, which is a sad state of affairs that not only WWE, but professional wrestling in general kind of is right now as far as pay-per-views go. I mean, the rest of the uh, world of professional wrestling is actually doing pretty well. It's actually doing great. We've got new champions. We've got uh, old faces showing up in different places, plus... Uh, later on in the program, I will discuss combat sports and how it went to the uh, unprecedented levels that it is, or at least uh, got the zeitgeist excited about the future of mixed martial arts and combat sports. And we're going to talk about, like I said, uh, a... Uh, a story that just won't go away. All this and more on the Heal and Face podcast. So thank you for joining me, you guys. Thanks for being here. Well, let's just get right at it. The big news, the biggest news of the week. And let me tell you, uh, again, I know you guys know, you guys have been following the show for a very long time, and I appreciate that you have. And by the way, if you, if you, continue to like the show, then you can find me on a bunch of different social media uh, platforms and services. Just look up Heal and Face Podcast everywhere you want to go. Not exclusively here on Facebook. I'm here on a lot of different uh, places. 
I'm on Mines. I'm on Locals, which is now being bought by Rumble, which is uh, good news for me because I had just opened a Rumble account too. So uh, I'd like to get this podcast going a lot of different places. And also, if you can't catch me live or watch me on your social media platform, then you can definitely catch me on any of your favorite podcast streaming services. I know a lot of people have been uh, streaming me in Virginia and shout out much love to the people in Virginia right now, helping me out, listening to back podcasts, listening to me, uh, wherever they consume me. I appreciate much love for Virginia. Virginia is for lovers and I love you right back. So thanks for tuning in. If you are, thanks for uh, putting the show on uh, wherever you are. I love you for it. Uh, But uh, let's get to the big news then, shall we? Uh, We have a new AEW champion that's right there, Adam Page. That's right. Adam Page defeated the belt collector, the cleaner, Kenny Omega for the uh, AEW championship. And from what I gather, it was a really good show. Uh, Why wouldn't it have been? I didn't watch it, so I'm just going to give you a recap. As you know, even though like I was getting into saying, and I haven't been a huge fan of AEW, and the ratings don't lie, bro, if you care about ratings. But really, uh, me personally, uh, I was invested for the two or three weeks that they debuted Punk and Brian, and then I even lost interest myself. So I want to tell you my implicit bias of AEW. Having said that, I feel like I should just at least go over the uh, over the results, and then you guys can argue about it in the comment section below. And I encourage you to do so. So anyway, um, let's get right to it. Uh, they warmed up the crowd at first at the buy-in when uh, Dante Martin came out. Um, Tony Schiavone interviewed hometown hero Dante Martin. Uh, then, of course, because we really can't have a full interview, uh, the acclaimed came out and interrupted him. And Anthony Bones uh, made a formal invite to uh, Dante to ask him if he wanted to join the acclaimed, which actually wouldn't that that wouldn't be a too bad of an idea. Um, and then, of course. Dante Martin, his answer to the acclaimed was uh, hitting the ropes, doing a full vertical leap on top of the top rope and flying out, crashing upon them on the walkway toward the ring. So, yeah, as you do, right, you know, as you do, as what's normal in professional wrestling, you have a 20 million foot vertical leap and then you have another 20 million feet. Uh, leap into the air. So, you know, that's what happens. Um, Also on the uh, buy-in show, we had uh, the team of Sheeta and Thunder Rosa versus uh, Jamie Hayter and the Native Beast and Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero at ringside. Um, 
I heard a little bit of rumors that this would have been the, the place for Thunder Rosa to turn heel. I don't see why not. Thunder Rosa do what Thunder Rosa do. I'm a big fan of hers, and so it was what it was. Um, I'm liking the more I see, personally, of Jamie Hayter again, even though I didn't see this match. Um, and uh, apparently Nile Rose went for uh, the Beast Bomb, but Sheeta uh, turned it around and hit a jackknife pin for the win. So I don't know if there's uh, rumors or uh, scuttlebutt about the women's tag division in AEW. I'm sure it's coming very soon and we might see Sheeta and um, Thunder Rosa in line for that. Uh, first match, Darby Allen versus MJF. MJF on the Reclamation Tour. What better way to uh, reestablish how much of a jerk heel he is than uh, going after the arguably the biggest babyface in the company, uh, Darby Allen? Uh, apparently, it was a very good match. Uh, MJF got the pin with side headlock, pull him over. Um, after distracting Bryce Remsburg who's actually generally one of the more inflappable referees. Uh, but uh, there was a lot of uh, shenanigans at the end um, involving Darby Allen's skateboard, apparently. But uh, MJF rolled uh, Darby up with the win with a side headlock. Okay. Um, at least it was a unique ending. Um, we get the tag team title match. Uh, the champions, Lucha Bros versus... Uh, AAA World Tag Team Champions FDR, who, by the way, just recently uh, made comments that they would also like to be the IWGP Tag Champions. Um, the open door is still open. Make it work, I guess. I don't remember who's the Tag Champs offhand at this point. I think it still might be. I don't even want to speculate. Um, okay. So, I don't know if, uh, I mean, maybe Dax Harwood has uh, got it. Maybe he's got it enough. I don't know enough about Cash Wheeler to determine whether or not he, uh, he's he got what it takes for IWGP. I know that uh, the dude is tough as nails, and he's kind of got that old school mentality that's rubbed off on him. So, who knows? We'll see if that comes to fruition. But back to this match. Um at the end, uh, uh, Cash almost got pinned by uh, Penta Alcero, um, who had his feet on the ropes, but Rick Knox saw it as illegal. The uh, Lucha Brothers finished off Cash with a stuffed power driver and retained. So even though, I don't think it was title for title, so uh, both teams retain, and we move on. The 2021 Men's World Title Eliminator Tournament Final, American Dragon versus God's Forsaken Champion Miro. Again, all accounts, this was a really good match too. Um, people are, uh, you know, people are kind of. I think there was a lot of energy to see this match because of two again. Uh, Stars who were established in WWE who never really got the chance to fight and wrestle each other got the chance to. Um, so at the end, 
Uh, the American Dragon applied a uh, submission, but Miro was knocked out from the DDT that he suffered earlier. And Aubrey Edwards uh, called the match due to um, uh, Miro not being able to answer the submission. And Danielson is now the number one contender for the AEW Heavyweight Championship. So will we see him uh, fight Kenny Omega in a dream match? Who knows? Who knows? Next one was a false count anywhere match. Again, going in cold. Don't know anything that's really happened up leading up to this point. But it was Christian Cage and Jurassic Express versus the Super Click um, with uh, Cutler and Nakazawa at ringside for reasons, right? Um, uh, Adam Cole pulled out thumbtack knee pads for him and the Bucks. They hit a three-way BTE trigger on Luchasaurus. Jungle Boy broke up in. Christian speared Matt Jackson. Luchasaurus chokeslammed Adam Cole off to the stage. On to Nick Jackson. Wow, that's crazy. And Luchasaurus uh, followed up with a shooting star press off the ramp and onto Nick Jackson, Nakazawa, and Cutler. Uh, Jungle Boy grabbed a steel chair from Christian Cage. Uh, he hit the concerto on Matt Jackson and pinned him. So that was that was that was the ending. There you go. Jungle Boy, the baby face of trying to push to the moon, gets the victory over Matt Jackson. Uh, next, uh, despite thunderous boos every time he came into the ring, apparently, the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, and the Bastard Pac, Pac, P-A-C, whatever you want to call him, versus Andrade El Idolo. And uh, Malachi Black. This match went as well as you could go. And I had heard uh, through other people saying that Malachi Black uh, had a really interesting take on it. Uh, he said that he doesn't care about a win or a loss here because his job was complete, which was to get the crowd to hate Cody Rhodes. They battled... Um, this was, uh, uh, again, an okay match. Uh, you know, we're just waiting for Cody Rhodes to be done, but in the end. Um, Pac spikes uh, Ellie Lowe with the Poison Rana and then hit him uh, with the Black Arrow from the top rope and got the victory. So it was Pac and Cody Rhodes got the victory. And apparently after that, Cash Wheeler of FTR ran and kicked Pac in the head for some reason. If you know out there, please go ahead and, and mention it in the, in the comment section. Championship match between Britt Baker and Taya Conti, who got the opportunity of uh, beating her friend Anna Jade, I believe. Um, Fozzie's guitarist randomly showed up, apparently, to play uh, Britt Baker out. Uh, at the end of the match... Uh, Take Conte put a hammerlock on Britt, but Britt reversed it, put her in a cradle and pinned her, and Britt Breaker retains the AEW women's belt. Uh, by the way, uh, all counts and purposes, Take Conte's getting much better in the ring, and she was already pretty good when she left WWE. Now, this was the grudge match that I actually would have bought to see, and uh, has a lot of people reviewing, even certain retired. Southern professional wrestling personalities even praised this work, um, which is a point. 
Uh, so CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston, uh, reviewing their old grudge from uh, years ago, which we're supposed to understand, even if you're not a uh, wrestling fan or an AEW fan who followed the early uh, uh, coming together of AEW or an indie fan for the last 15 years. Um, if you were a novice to AEW, uh, you should understand that they hate each other anyway. Um, I guess this did not overshadow the fact that it was still a pretty great match. Um, Eddie Kingston is a rare gem. As I said before, in an alternate universe, it would have been Eddie Kingston to bring, uh, and Damian Priest to bring Bad Bunny down the ramp at WrestleMania. But what do I know? I'm just a guy talking about wrestling in his basement. Um... So Eddie Kingston had shut, uh, set up Punk for a spinning back fist, but Punk ducks. Um, Punk had hit uh, Kingston a couple times with some really sharp elbows, and he got Kingston, uh, picked him back up, and put him in the GTS and pinned him. Then Kingston, or I'm sorry, Punk offered to shake Kingston's hand, but Kingston walked off. So there you go. Um, pretty brutal match. I saw pictures online of Punk bleeding all over the place. Uh, this was an appropriate time to get color because of, of the heat between the two. It was right to do it. It's just, again, uh, the only people that would have known how deep it was between Punk and between Kingston, other than the promos that they had in the ring, uh, were if you would have brought that prior knowledge, having followed independent wrestling for the last 15 years or so, then you would have known. But I guess, I guess that was implied. So now we get to a Minneapolis street fight, right? The mean streets of Minneapolis, Minnesota, and we have the Inner Circle: Chris Jericho, Jake Hader, Sammy Guevara, and Proud and Powerful Ortiz and Santana versus the Men of the Year. This would have been interesting to see. I may actually go back and watch this one, too. Uh, all Ego, Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky versus and American Top Team, Dan Lambert, Andre Olofsky, and Junior Dos Santos. Uh, I did see a clip somewhere of Junior Dos Santos slamming Chris Jericho, power slamming Chris Jericho. That wasn't too bad. Um, all I wanted them to do is not suck. So, from all intents and purposes, they did a nice job. Um uh, at some point, uh, Lambert was cornered by Jericho, and uh, Jericho was going to uh, put him in the line salt, but uh, Dos Santos hit him from outside. Uh, Lambert grabs Jericho to put Jericho in the walls of Jericho, but Jericho escaped and hit Lambert and uh, Dos Santos with a couple shots from the kendo stick. Uh, Jericho took Lambert and uh, hit him with the stapler below the belt. Yikes. And Jericho pinned Lambert after a frog splash. Ooh. Uh, 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 so there that was. Um, and uh, not to be outdone by one surprise, and I'm going to go ahead and get to this before I get to uh, the champion, but one surprise that came out of this night was, I don't know if this is considered like a, a poor kept secret or whatever, but there was some speculation about who the next big name was going to come in. And even though there is still speculation out there that uh, Kaz uh, Okada may, in fact, 
uh, sign with AEW, seeing as though he is in the States and he is wrestling for uh, New Japan Strong right now over in L.A., uh, there is a rumor that uh, Okada may sign a contract with AEW. Now, originally, there was a rumor that he was signing with WWE, but if I were him, I'd probably see the writing on the wall. And really, if I was Okada, I don't know if I would sign with any uh, organization in the United States ever again. Uh, so I don't know how much truth to that rumor is, but Tony Khan had some offhanded comment about chaos and... I don't know, but uh, the point is that uh, if Kaz Okada does sign, most likely he will probably sign with AEW, uh, which will be which will make me sad that I'll never get to see Kaz Okada versus uh, Randy Orton. Either way, um, getting back to AEW before I get off on different tangents, the only other free agent worthy out there to bring into your organization right now showed up. That's right. Out of the blue, Tony Schiavone gets on stage and announces that none other than Jay Lethal is now All Elite. So good for him. Good for Jay. I'm uh, really happy that he's there, um, that he didn't take too much of a casualty from uh, Ring of Honor. I'm sure if Ring of Honor comes back in the spring and they do their final, um, you know, Super Card of Honor and, 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 Jay Lethal's there. I'm sure he'll be allowed to, to, to wrestle it. I mean, ROH right now is a prime uh, brand that hopefully Sinclair can turn around. And if not, one of the two, Tony or Vince, have to swoop in again. And uh, off rip, uh, he was challenged by uh, uh, the Latin god, uh, Sammy Guevara. So... Uh, that might be fun to see. Now, kind of breaks my heart a little bit. I was hoping that Lethal may, in fact, have signed with WWE to become part of the Hurt Business. I think that would be a perfect spot for him, him and Gresham, to be part of the Hurt Business and to make the Hurt Business grow, to be kind of like uh, the modern version of the Four Horsemen. You know, again, uh, what do I know? Don't know anything. But congrats to Jay Lethal for getting a job. And then, of course, the... Uh, main event, and I've already said what it was, and, and I've already spoiled it, so you know, no need to rehash it. Again, I didn't see it, so I just know that uh, the new AEW heavyweight champion is Adam Hangman Page. Yes, two years too late, but better late than never, so I'll mix some metaphors here. I will go to my dying day to say that AEW should have made Adam Page the champion two years ago when they started. They should have, uh, he should have been the biggest name babyface. The, the company would have seen it would have been like a almost a reverse Stone Cold where uh, he would have started as a babyface and then just kind of uh, launched it from there. But, you know, I guess. Kenny Omega had to give himself a belt, and that's uh, the way that it went. Um, so congratulations to Hangman. 
I hope he has a long title reign. I hope that he continues to be like the baby face. Uh, I hope he kind of weans himself away from the alcoholic Adam Page, uh, so to speak. And I hope that that kind of morphs into somebody who is cool personality, like a laid back, cool guy, inclusive guy, likes everybody, wears Paisley shirts, listens to country music. But also, you know, it's just cool with everybody. So congratulations to uh, the new AEW World Heavyweight Champion in Adam Hangman Page. All right. Well, uh, there was a new champion crowned in AEW, but another champion uh, remained in NWA. And we're going to go over the results of by any means necessary very quickly because the bigger news isn't so much of the card that happened but what happened after the match during a autograph session that was supposed to commence inside the ring so uh real quick um nwa results uh By any means necessary. Uh, started off with Tim Storm defeated Jaden Roller in a no DQ, and um, JD Roller cut a promo at the after the match that he claimed that uh, Tim Storm cheated. So we'll see if this continues. Uh, here's the the biggest one. Um. Well, not the biggest one. I'm sorry. Uh, Camille defeated Kenzie Page in a two out of three falls uh, match uh, for the, to retain the NWA Women's Heavyweight Championship. So you can chalk that, chalk that. And then uh, Trevor Murdoch. And Nick Aldis defeated Strictly Business with Tom Latimer and Chris Adonis with Camille at their side. Uh, here was a big one. Uh, and this is the reason why the cage was brought. Uh, Jax Dane defeated Crimson in a cage match. This is, by the way, a continuance of their feud. Uh, Jax Dane turned on Crimson at NWA 73. And they have been fighting... Uh, to the death, so to speak, since then. Um, so what was more interesting about By Any Means Necessary, again, wasn't the fact of, uh, you know, that was just, it wasn't necessarily like a throwaway, but it was something uh, that the uh, NWA did. And they had a like a mini pay-per-view available on Fight. But the most shocking thing that happened was after the match, NWA World Heavyweight Champion Trevor Murdoch uh, was going to hold a autograph session to where you could come into the ring and you could get your picture taken with the champ and you can get an autograph. No problem, right? Well, as soon as that was happening, a uh, rather large, strange man burst through the barricade wearing a black shirt and uh, glasses and a black uh, cap, jumped into the ring and proceeded to jump NWA champion Trevor Murdoch to the point where he incapacitated him enough 
to shut the ring door. And as the ring door was shut, the man took off his undercover disguise and it was in fact Hard Knocks Mike Knox to everyone's shock and surprise. But here was the thing. Not only did Mike Knox get the uh, take the advantage of the situation, he grabbed the chain, locked it behind him, and used uh, a chair to subdue the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Well, uh, this did not go um, unnoticed or unanswered because Trevor Murdoch recently put out a post on his Twitter uh, page basically saying uh, his catchphrase, everyone's a tough guy until they meet one. So we shall see. Uh, Trevor Murdoch said that, of course, you can be tough when you jump someone when they're not uh, not aware of it and uh, get them inside a steel cage when they just wrestled a match or whatever. But it's another thing to uh, f straight up uh, fight someone. And, of course, uh, as his catchphrase goes, Everyone's a tough guy until they meet one. And he promises on everything that's holy that at hard times, too, he will get his revenge on Mike Knox. And he implored NWA President William Corrigan to make it happen. So we have that to look forward to. On December 4th, courtesy of the NWA, it will be Mike Knox versus Trevor Murdoch for the NWA Heavyweight Championship. So that should be... A slobber knocker, as um, as some would say in the wrestling business. Well, speaking of the wrestling business, or speaking of uh, business uh, in general, the combat sports mixed martial arts business uh, changed drastically, rapidly. 28 years ago today, and after I come back from a short break, I'm going to tell you all about it. Plus, we will continue to monitor the continuing saga between the WWE and professionally Keith Lee. You're watching and or listening to the Heel and Face podcast brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. Stick around. Be back in a few. All right, everybody. Thanks for sticking around. You are with me, Steve Castellanovo, the host of the Heel and Face podcast, a podcast dedicated to news, information, and commentary about the world of professional wrestling brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. And as you can see, today I am rocking the Heel Turn Wrestling t-shirt. That's right, everybody. We got our own merch and you need to check it out. And for those of you who are listening along, by the way, don't fret and do not worry because you yourself can be adorned with beautiful merch from Heel Turn Wrestling. Go to Pro Wrestling Tees backslash Heel Turn Wrestling. If you go to ProWrestlingTees.com and you look up Heel Turn Wrestling, you can get all of our super duper merch and you can get it um, just in time to go to your uh, next independent show or your next 
live show from a major promotion or if you're just flexing then you can just uh, flex on vacation do whatever you want to do you can check out billy alexander's podcast t-shirt you can check out alcoholic adam's t-shirt you can do what i did and rep the logo itself or if you want to be super drippy if you want to be super fly you could definitely go and check out the Heel and Face Podcast t-shirt. Just go to ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Heel Turn Wrestling. That is ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Heel Turn Wrestling. Well, as I told you at the beginning, and this is something that uh, my Facebook timeline reminded me and that I had to go investigate, but this weekend was probably the game changer. It was probably... Uh, one of the most important days, not just in uh, combat sports or mixed martial arts, but in sports in general, because this changed the game literally and figuratively. Uh, today, 28 Years ago today, if I can bring it up, or not today, but this week, um, shoot, where is it? There we go. Sorry, technical difficulties uh, beyond my control. I need a new mouse is what I'm trying to tell you. There we go. 28 years ago today, combat sports changed forever with the birth of UFC. Actually, uh, it was this weekend, uh, the uh, 12th, 28 years ago. And I uh, can't believe that I am that old, for one. And number two, I can't believe that uh, MMA in general and UFC in particular became the international phenomenon that it is today. Of course, there was um, uh, reasons, obviously, that uh, became uh, bigger than, than it was. And uh, with the help of people along the way, including Dana White, taking the old school boxing sentimentalities and promotion uh, sentimentalities and applying them to UFC, and, uh, you know, Dana White's more like Vince McMahon anyway than anybody else. But um, you can't have the drama. You can't have anything unless you have the right mix of people to start it off. And this was the brainchild of the Gracie family to just get the best fighters from around the world. And in kind of like kickboxing slash blood sport style to get them together and fight each other and um shocking to no one it worked now the history obviously of ufc was very rocky and very shaky to start um they were uh they weren't exactly 100 percent clear as to what was going to happen the first couple of them <laughs> that uh, as far as uh what they were showing um they basically just rented the space and promoted it. No one really knew what UFC was, but the people who went there, uh, you know, were mostly uh, martial arts enthusiasts anyway. 
Uh, I don't know exactly. There was a lot of buzz. I know there was a lot of buzz about it, but I don't think the general public really even knew what UFC was until they saw tapes and saw uh, saw like uh, bootleg DVDs eventually and, and, and whatnot. Uh, again, this was a time where the internet was just starting to be a thing. So this was pretty much word of mouth. I remember watching this at like two in the morning in a bar, honestly. Uh, not two in the morning, but very early in the morning. Uh, back in OU, back in, back in Athens, Ohio, uh, my alma mater, going to a bar and seeing, seeing this. I think it was part of the replay. And we honestly, I, I didn't really pay attention to other people. I just kind of like looked up and said, what's this? So really the two seminal uh, uh, promotions, so to speak, that I saw this year that changed the game for me forever was UFC one and a random uh, episode of ECW that was in syndication, uh, which the uh, bar also showed at some point. And I think this just changed the game forever. And the fact that you had the best possible two fighters. Now did Miss martial arts exist before? Yes. Um, you know, you had uh, karate championships, but most in most people's minds, um, anything that had to do karate was more like kata. You know, the the Paul Mitchell sponsored Itzka uh, tournaments where you're board breaking and you're doing the kata dancing and things like that. That is what karate was. But that's what mixed martial arts was to the general public at this time. It really wasn't anything that was widely done. Um, you had heard about blood sport, things like that. Uh, there were underground things going on all the time in different places. Uh, very popular around this time were also tough man competitions, and I think a lot of skilled fighters got lumped into that. I mean, you know, uh, Shamrock was the Pan Crease champion, right? So that was happening in Japan in the late 80s, early 90s anyway. So there was a lot of underground MMA going on that was either – your discipline, like judo championships, like jujitsu championships, aikido championships, you know, of course you had boxing and all that stuff too. But there was nothing really codified as to say, okay, this is something that the massive audience, that the mainstream fighting audience can get their teeth around. And when this came out, everyone was reacting to it as if, this was either the greatest thing in the world or this was the worst thing that happened in the world. As a matter of fact, then came the banning, then came, uh, you know, I believe it was, uh, uh, who was uh, Senator, um, uh, shoot, uh, I forget his name now. I don't know why. This escapes me. The Senator from Arizona ran for president, um, you know, he was the one that called it human cockfighting and they wanted to ban it and all that. And thankfully it survived. Uh, it also evolved itself. I am personally a kind of a mark for the old style. I would like to see an open weight division where just the best people in each different style get together, like Muay Thai versus Pancrease 
uh, jujitsu versus bare knuckle, all that kind of stuff. I'd like to see more of that. I know that MMA has evolved way past that, and I'm glad for it too because of the sport is elevated. And then now it also uh, brought up other things too. So you do know about bare knuckle uh, fighting. You do know uh, we we have uh, UFC owns all of Pride and all of One. Uh, you know, at least a lot of One, not all of One. Um, there's a uh, Bellator. There's uh, tons of other uh, options. Uh, you can go to a fight TV. Uh, not a sponsor, but I just decided to bring it up. You can go to Fight TV and you could talk, uh, you can watch any kind of uh, MMA or whatever thrown on there. Um, it's really mainstream now, but this changed the game because this did something that not even pro wrestling could do, which was put people together at the best of their disciplines and shoot. So you did see guys from different disciplines. You saw amateur boxers. You saw wrestlers. You saw guys from Volley Tudo. You saw guys who have uh, come from all different uh, you know, fighting styles and disciplines just to prove who was the best. And I think it was really genuine and organic, and I enjoyed it that way. I certainly got turned off by boxing, seeing as though uh, that was around the same time where I swore boxing off completely. So I was looking for something that was legitimate. And what was more legitimate than getting Ken Shamrock versus Royce Gracie to fight each other and uh, start that amazing rivalry, by the way? Uh, we got what? They, were, they, they fought each other, what, five times, I think? I think Gracie won four out of five, something like that. Uh, doesn't diminish how amazing uh, Ken Shamrock is as a fighter, but uh, you know he still can go today. I mean, heck, even I'm sure even Royce Gracie could still go today. Um, but the fact is that mixed martial arts was changed uh, forever. That uh, combat sports were changed forever, and that something that was way more legitimate than boxing yet something that was kind of exciting and a little more i hate to say it wrestling fans a little more realistic uh than professional wrestling was a great uh avenue uh for us to see something different to see real fighting go on and and look like you know a real struggle and that is why I have been a fan of mixed martial arts and UFC for 28 years. So God bless. And let's see UFC have another 28 years. But Dana White, if you're listening, I want to see the open weight, open discipline uh, challenge come back. So please do it once. If not, do it for a retro uh, show a throwback a throwback tournament would be uh, really nice once a year so do it as um, Shia LaBeouf famously said right well speaking of doing it and that's a terrible segue but we're going to get to the final segment which shouldn't take me very long anyway because it's just more ridiculousness uh, this is going to get uh, just like uh, to quote uh, Chief Wiggum, this is going to get worse before it gets better. This story just will not die. It will not die. And um, I don't I, I, I don't know. This is going to get ugly. This is going to become something that uh, 
that that may become a, a huge legal battle. And I, in a way, not gonna lie, but I kind of hope it does. I kind of hope it does. So, um, you know, my rant from last week and how I suppose that any wrestler who has moved and sought residency in Florida to work for WWE should strongly consider getting a hold of Governor Ron DeSantis and possibly going into a lawsuit against the WWE for being fired, uh, for not being vaccinated. This might be a little more fuel to the fire. So this is coming from Keith Lee's uh, Twitter page. It's something that he posted. And if you want to take a look at it, it says, Greetings and salutations. This day is my birthday. It's not my ha it's not a happy birthday, but it is one that I'm most grateful for. Several months ago, it was not a guarantee I would make it to this day, so there is positivity in that. I paid all my medical bills from the many offices and machines I frequented. There is positivity in that. And I do find it amusing that people believe anyone but me paid for my medical expenses. Uh-oh. So right there, there is the rub. First of all, you know, he's positive, so uh, he's, he's happy uh, that he was able to survive and make another birthday. And aren't we all, really? I was going to wait a couple of weeks, but I think it's time to look forward toward the future. Forward March, as I like to say. I am capable of so much more. I can't wait to see what it looks like properly. I have a wide array of interests and abilities. I also consider myself to be rather open-minded. Here's to a future that, for all intents and purposes, seems limitless. So, in his own Twitter handle, he made mention of the fact that he, in fact, was the one who paid for all of his medical bills. He's the one that went through all that testing and was never reimbursed for it. I find that um, very interesting because I was listening a little bit uh, to um, Bill Body, who reports now for the Keep Him at 100 show with uh, uh, Conan and Disco. And he was talking about um, part of the reason why, which is what I speculated was the re that the WWE got rid of a lot of these talents is because they didn't want to have any on the book anybody on the books who was not vaccinated for this Biden vaccine mandate. So they don't want to make it look like they did not uh, pay for Keith Lee to get vaccinated or to go to any of the tests that he needed to go he needed to go to so ooh, um what does what does that look like well this is a statement from wwe who they state keith lee's recent comments implying wwe failed to pay his medical bills are erroneous WWE has an extensive healthcare program for the medical care of its in-ring performers, and Mr. Lee was part of this program while with the company. And they went on to state, 
Should Mr. Lee have any concerns over the payment of medical bills, he is welcome to address them with the WWE. So it looks as though WWE is doubling down on this whole Keith Lee situation. Now, I've already gone over both sides that, um, you know, this is probably more of a move because they didn't want to talk about anybody's medical history. And we could only speculate that much of this is because of the Biden vaccine mandate and because of COVID. And we can only speculate that about three or four of at least, at least, it could be more, but at least three of the four biggest names who were released also were not vaccinated. This could get really ugly. A WWE wants to make sure that their ducks are in a row. And if Keith Lee is putting out statements that he had to pay for his own medical bills, that the WWE wants to definitely come back with, uh, we uh, can prove that because we have records of paying for Keith Lee's bills. And before we get 100% one-sided on Keith Lee, which I know we all kind of want to do because, you know, we're always rooting for the talent, uh, let's keep in mind that there were other recent uh, athletes that were part of the WWE that have received medical treatment or uh, mental health Treatment, for example, uh, Jake Atlas was released earlier this year by WWE, but even he came out about a month or a week or two or whatever ago from when he was released and said that the WWE paid for his mental health uh, therapy while he was there and a little bit after he was released. Uh, so he has nothing but good things to say about WWE. So I guess it's a matter of perspective and a matter of uh, who you're going to uh, on it. Um, you know, I don't want to be a WWE honk. I don't want to be a guy who is completely, uh, you know, waving the WWE flag and, and be a uh, AEW, what do they call him, fanboy, Mark, uh, whatever. But I, I also want to give... Uh, due deference and fairness to WWE. I mean, if they did in fact pay for his medical bills, I'm sure they have the receipts and dotted their I's and crossed their T's well enough to be able to prove it. Um, now, we just need to just wait this thing out. If in fact Keith Lee does take advantage of uh, the state of Florida and their lawsuit against the Biden administration, and they are going to support any small business, any employer or any employee who has been let go because of not being vaccinated. That is, again, uh, a separate story, but Keith Lee and some of the other wrestlers may want to look into that. But you can also, I guess, this is going to, take a long time if it does end up becoming a lawsuit because I'm pretty sure that WWE is in for a long haul. They've, they've been in the long haul for every lawsuit they've been a part of since they started. And uh, Uncle Jerry gets paid a lot of money to sit around. Not Uncle Jerry Lawler. Uncle Jerry McDevitt gets paid a lot of money to – uh, do whatever he can to stop things from happening, uh, even if it includes uh, having a motion to have the trial 
in Stanford instead of where the trial may or may not be filed. And again, I'm not saying that the w, uh, that Keith Lee or any pro wrestlers are going to go to trial. I'm just using hypotheticals that WWE has used the tactics of moving it, getting the case dismissed or thrown out for bias, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if the WWE did, in fact, try to do everything they could legally to uh, shut this down. I just wonder if Keith Lee has enough stomach and has enough wherewithal to want to pursue this again because this will go down the road of the independent contractor deal and then there's more muddy water when it comes to that so who knows who knows where this is going uh it'll obviously get worse before it gets better so we shall see what happens to uh keith lee and the wwe who seem to be very content to double down on Keith Lee, and let's hope that this does not come to some type of uh, litigation that we could just walk away and Keith Lee could go wherever he wants, hopefully to New Japan, hopefully somewhere where he could work with you know big men in strong style and, and become a superstar wherever he goes. So, all right, well, that is uh, just as good about a place to stop as any. And it's time to wrap it up for this week's edition of the Heel and Face podcast. It's been an interesting week, and uh, I'm probably going to end up just tuning in all this week anyway, just to see if there's anything relevant coming out of Survivor Series or leading up with the go-homes for Raw and SmackDown. Uh, to lead into Survivor Series. may even make my predictions because I'll be on uh, when things get started. Probably go normal time. I probably won't go early. I'll probably just go normal time next week. So uh, be sure to tune into that. Plus, just want to make a programming note. I know I usually save this show for uh, close around the holiday season, but since it's technically the holiday season, uh, I'm going to be taking a family vacation the last week of November, which goes into the first week of December. So that Sunday, I believe, would be the 28th, the one right after Thanksgiving. You'll probably get a best of show, so I'll be taping that pretty soon. Uh, you can watch it anyway because uh, I've just been on fire all year, so you should definitely take advantage of that. That way uh, you won't miss me, uh, but I won't be here, so... Take advantage of that. Plus, plus, of course, I'll be doing my research for the annual Heel and Face Podcast Awards. So stick around for that. That's coming up uh, pretty soon. Wow, almost uh, almost near Christmas time. So I've been doing this show for a long time and uh, really am excited and jazzed about uh, talking about who uh, was on fire this year as far as professional wrestling. So stick around with all that. Some programming notes to look forward to coming up in the next couple of months on the Heel and Face podcast. Thank you, everybody who joined me. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget that uh, I'm all over. I'm nationwide. I'm global, Daddy. And uh, if you want to join me, uh, you can join me not just uh, here at Facebook, but on Twitter, Minds, Locals, whatever happens to Locals. Uh, you can join me where, there, too. Uh, just go ahead and uh, type Heel and Face podcast uh, at your favorite 
or a couple of different uh, social media websites and I'm there and also don't forget to uh, check me out on the audio version of this podcast on your favorite audio podcast streaming service. Well, it's me. It's me, the big old Stevie C signing out for now. Have a great week. And as always, if I could get it over here, as always, peace.